Jesus, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for the word of Jesus that became flesh. We thank you for your word that we get to read. We get thank you for your word that comes and speaks to our hearts. And Lord, I pray today as we hear your word, as your word comes into our lives, it will just settle in our spirit. Not just so we can hear it, but so our lives can be changed. So Jesus, I pray that your words will come through very clearly today. If we're at home listening right now, Lord, I pray that all distractions will just be pushed aside and that your um, word that you have for us, whether it's a a long word or a short one, that it will be very clear um, in whatever we hear today. Jesus, we just want to pray. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come, speak to us, speak through us. And speak to us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, thanks to everyone who kept things going while we were away on holidays. Had a great holiday. Managed to get to Queensland and catch up with family and friends. And, um, yeah, really refreshing time. So thank you to everyone who made things happen here while we were away. Um, A friend of mine, I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and I came across his posts, if you'd like to throw it at him. I loved it. It was a solid seven days. Let's get on with 2023. Thanks, Adam. And that's how we can feel, isn't it? It's going, oh, here we go again. And um, we see a lot of things, whether it be in the news or on Facebook or just, you know, and some of it's factual. But this morning I want to talk about not looking with our physical eyes, but looking with our spiritual eyes. So I think to get God's heart for 2022, I'm actually really excited about 2022. I believe God's got some great things in store. I'm very expectant about 2022. And I don't want my own cynicism or anyone else's cynicism or the news or any, even any current facts to discourage my faith and expectation about 2022. Um, what do you, I mean, what do you, I look back on the last two years, and I know it's been hard and there's been different things, but I look at all the ways God has blessed me and used the situation of the last two years to grow me, um, to bring things into my life that I never thought would come at this season. And um, so I look back, I guess, with eyes of faith and go, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Yeah, that was terrible. That was hard. That was not great. But thank you for that, and thank you for that, and thank you for that. What do you see when you look back? I think sometimes our lack of gratitude tells us how good our spiritual sight is. Sometimes our lack of faith looking forward can show us how good our spiritual sight is. So I want want you to think about that this morning. I want you to think about what do you see looking forward? Can you see beyond this week? Can you see beyond Omicron? Can you see beyond COVID? Can you see what God sees? Because he doesn't look with physical eyes, I don't think. He looks only with spiritual eyes. So this morning I want to talk about that. And my first point this morning is from 2 Corinthians 4.4. And Satan and sin can seriously damage our sight. 2 Corinthians 4.4 says, Among them, the good, the God of this world, or Satan, this amplified version, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. See, that's interesting there, the unbelieving, or it says unbelievers, or those other translations, says those who don't believe. Um, you know what? One definition of sin is unbelief, is not taking God at his word. 
So among them, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light, that's what we want, of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. A man came up to Isaac Newton. Probably didn't heard of Isaac Newton. He was a scientist. He was also a Christian and also a preacher. And a guy came up to Isaac Newton one day and said, Sir Isaac, I do not understand. You seem to be able to believe the Bible like a little child. I have tried, but I cannot. So many of its statements mean nothing to me. I cannot believe. I cannot understand. This was the reply of Sir Isaac Newton. Sometimes I come to my, into my study and in my absent-mindedness, I attempt to light my candle when the extinguisher is over it. And I fumble about trying to light it and cannot. But when I remove the extinguisher, then I am able to light the candle. I am afraid that the extinguisher, in your case, is the love of your sins. He didn't beat around the bush, did he? It is deliberate unbelief that is in you. We talk a bit too soft these days, I think, don't we? Turn to God in repentance. Be prepared to let the Spirit of God reveal His truth to you, and it will be His joy to show you the glory of the grace of God shining the face of shining in the face of Jesus Christ. Well, this is what I think it looks like. Just a little demonstration, if Melissa can come and help me. This is one I prepared earlier. So if you can see that, that's the candle. Woo! Try not to have an accident and burn the church down. And this is very cool. This is the best I can do. I'm sure it looked different for Isaac Newton, but this is an extinguisher. You ever seen one of these? Instead of burning your fingers or blowing COVID all over your candle, you can just go snuff it out like that, right? And the kind of thing Isaac Newton was saying, that our sin and our unbelief is like leaving that on the candle. Go and try and light it. See, even a serious pyromaniac can't light that. But if we repent of our sin and we choose to believe the Word of God, and then the light can come. Leave that there if you want to. I might knock it over. I might not. So sin and unbelief need to go. We need to come into agreement with God's Word. Not the 9 o'clock news. Not the lies of the enemy. Not even the opinions of man. But we need to come into line with the Word of God. And not just the written Word of God, but the Rema Word of God, the spoken Word of God. You know, when we come to the Word of God with the Holy Spirit, with repentance, um, with faith, and the Holy Spirit brings a Word out of the Word, makes it alive to us, that's relevant for today. You know, I, used, I, gotta, I can repent today, actually. I said this. You know, it, you wouldn't believe that I said this, but I did. In the early days of my marriage, you know, I knew that I should love Melissa. But, you know, as you're getting to grow in a relationship, I go, I, I, okay, I can love her, but I don't think I'll ever understand her. <laughs> and, and I used to say sometimes, well, I'm called to love her. I'm not called to understand her. What a cop out, eh? What a cop out. Because I had no light of, rev- you know, I found this really disturbing verse in the Bible this week. It says in, in the book of Peter that we are to treat our wives with understanding. Bam! There it is. My excuse is gone. Wish I'd seen that years ago. Not that I've said it a lot in recent years, but there's that truth that I can now live by. It's my job 
to understand Melissa. No matter how hard that might be, that's my job. That's my responsibility. See how the Word of God comes and brings light and brings, you know, all kinds of good things. So secondly, so we need to repent. There's a bit of my repentance. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm going to seek to understand, and I do understand a lot better than I used to. And, um, but that's my job. So there's repentance there so that the light can come and faith. Secondly, it's God who gives us sight. We've got to come to him for the sight. Ephesians 1.18 says, this is Paul praying, I pray that the eyes of your heart. Now look at the, the um, amplified version there. I love this. The very center and core of your being. That's the eyes of your heart. The very, the very guts of who you are. May come alive, may, may be opened up, may get sight. Not physical sight, but this spiritual sight. The very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with the light of the Holy Spirit. That's revelation. That's understanding. It's not an opinion. You know the difference between an opinion and revelation? Revelation changes things. Opinions just start fights. I think that's the difference if you're trying to discern the difference between revelation. If someone's got revelation, life's going to come. Change is going to, if someone's just got an opinion, they're just going to stir up an argument. So that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. You know, Bible commentator Warren Wisby, if you haven't read his stuff, it's awesome to read says, in the prison, prayers of Paul, and there's some, not just this one in Ephesians, but there's others in Philippians, in Colossians. Paul's in prison. These were the prayers he was praying for the churches, and he's writing them down. And we discover in these prayers the blessings he wanted to con his converts to enjoy. In none of these prayers does Paul request material things. <laughs> I found that shocking. I didn't. Say, oh, well, you know, pray for the Colossians to get some new cloaks and some food on the table. And hey, that's important stuff. But he didn't pray for that. His emphasis is on the spiritual perception and real Christian character. Hey, the stuff that really matters. And I was challenged to look at my prayer list, even the stuff I pray for myself. Am I praying to be more like Jesus? Or I'm praying that my car doesn't break down. Hey, I think it's okay to pray that your car doesn't break down, but we need to be praying that we become more like Jesus. For other people, we need to be praying, not just that the physical needs. You know, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And these other things, don't worry about what you wear or what you eat. You know, sometimes I think our prayer lists are too clogged up with stuff that, you know what, God says he'll take care of that. What we need to focus on is our journey with Jesus and making sure he's first and making sure our hearts are pure and clean. Before him. That's the kind of prayers Paul prayed for people. He does not ask God to give them what they do not have, but rather prays that God will reveal to them what they already have. How good is that? Hey, that God, you know, if you're a Christian today, if you've confessed faith in Jesus, asked him to forgive you for your sins, do you realize what you already have? It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, well, you got the kingdom of God within you. So Paul was praying that they'd realize what they already have. Don't be worried about what you don't have. Get a revelation about what you do have. You have the power inside of you, the power of God to change the world. How good is that? We need a revelation around that, eh? 
When I reflect on what God's done in the last two years, it's been more about what he's done in me than for me. Now, he's done some great things for me. But man, he's done some, you know, some tough stuff in me. You know, you, what's that thing? There's a funny Facebook going around about parenting. What's that? Lovely parenting. Kind parenting. What's the word for it? That girl. It's really hilarious. Uh, well, let's call it pathetic parenting. Hey, God's not like that. God's tough. He's honest. He's not going to lie to us. He's not going to you know, give us a trophy for showing up. He will reward when we do the right things, but it's not the kind of rubbish we get today. He's a God who loves us too much to lie to us, friends. Do you love your kids too much to lie to them? Or he's go, oh, that was good, Johnny, when, you know, he's singing out of tune. Don't encourage him to sing if he's singing out of tune. You're lying to him. God doesn't lie to us. In the last two years, let me tell you, God hasn't lied to me either. It's been rough, but it's been real. And it brings growth, and it brings transformation, and it brings freedom. Lies bring the opposite of all that. So no matter what happens this year, if we submit to God's purposes, we'll come out at the end of this year more like Jesus. That's what it's really about. It's not about our circumstances. It's about what God is doing in our hearts and minds. We'll come out stronger in our relationship with God and we'll be more fruitful for his kingdom. Hallelujah. But you know what? It won't just happen. God brings sight. He wants to bring sight for us. But you know what? We can learn something from the psalmist. And my third point this morning is we need to ask and seek for this sight. It's not just going to happen. I've got to take the extinguisher off the candle. I've got to do something. Not just repent, but I can say, God, and here's what the psalmist said. Open my eyes. There's a good prayer. Hey, sometimes we don't want our eyes open because it scares the life out of us. Open my eyes that I can see what you show me of your miracle wonders. Hallelujah. Bible commentator David Guzik writes, the psalmist didn't need new revelation. You know what? This was great to read this because someone, everyone's got a new revelation. This is what David says. He said, the psalmist didn't need new revelation. He needed to see the revelation that was already given. Hey, there's nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes says. So, you know, it says in the last days, there'll be many false, pro well, false prophets, false messiahs saying, come out here. This is the messiah. Come here. This is the messiah. You know, we got a lot of people today going, oh, this is the truth. This is the truth. Even in the Christian church. You know what? We don't need new revelation. We just need revelation of what we've already got. Get into the Word and get some fresh revelation of what's already been there and been there from eternity past. It says he didn't need new eyes. He needed to see more clearly with the eyes he already had. Only God can open the eyes of my heart, and he wants to. He wants us to see who he is and to understand his Word However, we need to humble ourselves and ask him. That's the hard part, isn't it? Oh, I'm right. Ask him to come. Ask him to open our eyes. Now, we've been home doing a bit of a staycation last week. And um, so I've, another confession is good for my soul. I've had an old boat in my garage for 10 years. That's just collected dust and had stuff put on top of it. I've got to get this boat working to either use it or sell it. And so anyway, I spent a couple of days getting everything ready and organized to take it to the boat mechanic. And so I think it's Wednesday morning, 
I got up early, well, early for holidays, about 8 o'clock. And so I got the boat trailer, boat and trailer out of the garage and I'd tested it all the day before, got the lights working, got the tow bar working, everything right. So we're ready to go and I pull out, put on the back of the tow bar of the car and, it, you know, it doesn't quite lock in properly. And then, oh, when I drive forward a little bit, it'll drop down, right? Well, I forgot that it wasn't locked on properly. And if you know my driveway, it's a little bit of a slope, so I'm, everything's ready. I'm going, okay, off I go. I drive down the driveway, boom, boom, it comes off. Now, luckily, it didn't break, didn't run into the back of my car. Somehow it stopped. But then I get a stop, I get out of the car, and I look, and it's off, right? And it's, a, it's, it's heavy. And so I'm trying to, how am I going to put this thing back on the tow bar? And as I moved it, it just wanted to crash into the back of my car and I thought I don't want to fix a dent in the back of my car so you know everyone else is still in the house or in bed or whatever so I'm standing there at the back of my car holding the boat kind of between my body the trailer between my body and the back of my car and no one's around and I'm going I could be here for a while what am I going to do and so you know I, I humbled myself and here I am at the front of our property, 8.30 on Wednesday morning, going, Melissa! Melissa! Yeah, it was humbling. I had to yell out three or four times. Thought, what do the neighbours think of this moron? Hey, sometimes we've got to say to God, we've got to swallow our pride and say, God! And not care what the neighbours think. Open my eyes. Yeah, you know what? Melissa came and rescued me, of course. There's no dent in the back of our car. We got the boat on the, on the car and off I went. And you know, when we cry out to God, when we humble ourselves and we actually ask for his help, we can avoid damage. If we go on with, you know, I seriously thought about letting the boat trailer rest up against the back of my car and I would have had a massive dent that would have cost hundreds of dollars to fix. I could have gone that way. And sometimes we do. But instead, if we humble ourselves, we can avoid unnecessarily, unnecessary damage. And we can get the eyes of our heart open. And you know what? Not just humble ourselves. Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14, and the message says this. You might know this verse. says, you know, when you, when you earnestly seek me, is what the NIV says. But the message says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Sounds good, eh? A lot of people say, oh, well, I've tried looking for God. Well, here's the other part. When you get serious about finding me, and want it more than anything else. I thought this is a great paraphrase of this verse. When you want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. What a great verse, hey? How hard have you tried to reach out to God lately? How much time have you given him? How much have you asked him to open your eyes? Or give him, you know, give him his give you his opinion instead of just giving him yours. To be honest, in the last two years, I've probably done, I was thinking about this, you know, seeking. I thought, you know what, I've probably done, to be honest, there's a few things God did I didn't like. Instead of seeking him, I was sulking before him. And I want to ask you this morning, do you do more sulking or seeking? Because this year I want to do more seeking than sulking. I spent a couple of years doing a bit of sulking. Maybe it's time to do a bit more seeking. And I'll get more enlightenment and I'll get more understanding. Like, oh, that's what you're doing, God. 
Or if I don't get understanding, I'll at least get peace. Because if we sulk, we just get more miserable. But if we seek, we'll either get understanding or peace or both. Let's choose to be seekers today. Seek God more than anything else so that the eyes of our heart may be opened. Hey, I reckon in closing, the Apostle Paul was a bit like 2022. You reckon that's possible? He didn't get off to a great start. He killed Christians. Well, he persecuted them, had them thrown in jail, you know, was all for getting them killed. That's not a great start. A bit like 2022. What changed? Well, the eyes of Paul's heart were open. Yeah, what can change 2022 for you and me is that the eyes of our heart get open. You know, Paul's going along to persecute some Christians. Jesus knocked him off his donkey, horse, whatever he's riding. With light, his light came. You know what's interesting? I find this interesting. He lost his physical sight but gained his spiritual sight. I think sometimes we need to lose some physical sight. Some, when I say that, not necessarily sight, but lose some physical things so that we get some spiritual sight. And it's interesting, too, that that analogy of the scales fell from his eyes, you know, and, and Ananias prayed for him, and, and he, he was saved. He got the eyes of his heart were open, and he came to realize who Jesus was. I believe that whatever 2022 holds, if we allow God to open the eyes of our heart, 2022, just like Paul, will be a vessel that can take us to the next level in our journey with Jesus. May his will, may God's will be done and his kingdom come in 2022. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you that you are more committed to us than we are committed to ourselves. And you are more committed to us than we're committed to you. Lord, your word says, though we are faithless, you remain faithful. Lord, we thank you that you are faithful. Help us this year to respond to your faithfulness. Help us to seek you first. Help us to seek you above everything else. Help us to earnestly seek you. Help us to humble ourselves and ask for your help. Sometimes that's asking for the help of others in that process. So, Lord, just Lord, we pray that as um, we use the worship team now just to minister to us, maybe spend some time, um, minister to us, Holy Spirit. Um, correct us if needs be, so that we may become more like you, may that your kingdom may come in us and around us this year. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh,